Well, it's halfway through the year, right? How are you doing on those New Year's resolutions? I know I could use some help getting back on the fitness wagon. Stick around as we talk the whys and hows of exercise. That's next on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Supreme Court's mixed decision on the Arizona immigration law has the state's governor feeling positive, but not everyone's on board. The justices overturned three key provisions of Arizona's law, though Governor Jan Brewer focused on the court's decision to uphold the so-called show-me-your-papers requirement. The heart of Senate Bill 1070 has been proven to be constitutional. While Brewer insisted civil rights will be protected and racial profiling won't be tolerated, Arizona Congressman Raul Grijalva has doubts. It opens the door for increased violation of civil rights. The court was unanimous in allowing the immigration status check to go forward. It was split on striking down the other portions. Jerry Bodlander, Washington. The nation's high court has also announced their decision on spending limits for corporations making political donations. By a narrow 5-4 to four vote, the justices reaffirmed their decision of two years ago in the Citizens United case that corporations, unions, and other special interests have a free speech right to raise and spend unlimited amounts of money. The same five justices who ruled in 2010 that corporations have a constitutional right to be heard in election campaigns voted to overturn a 1912 Montana law that limited corporate contributions. In doing so, they rejected calls from the court's liberal justices to reconsider the Citizens United ruling. Jerry Bodlander, Washington. According to a new survey, U.S. voters aren't optimistic that presidential power will be what fixes the economy. Half of those surveyed in the new APGFK poll say it won't matter much for the economy whether Barack Obama or Mitt Romney is elected. This even though both men have staked their chances on who would be better at fixing the economic mess. The poll shows people are especially pessimistic about the president's influence over jobs. Asked how much impact the November winter will have on unemployment, 6 in 10 gave answers ranging from slim to none. Years of disappointing economic news have deflated optimism. Two-thirds still describe the economy as poor. Just as many people think unemployment will get worse over the next year as those who think it'll get better. Brian Thomas, Washington. Other economic news is broadening smiles of people in the housing market as home sales in May continued to rise. The Commerce Department says sales of new homes rose 7.6% last month over the previous month to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 369,000 homes. That's the best pace since April 2010, the last month that buyers could qualify for our federal home buying tax credit. Though new homes represent less than 20% of the housing market, they have an outsized impact on the economy. Matt Small, Washington. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship and life coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can every day on this show to give you and your loved ones the tools, the skills you need to make it through this crazy thing we call life. Uh, We really want to help you have a handbook to humanity. So um, that is our goal. It's goal every single day on the show. And today, I think we have got the topic of all topics 
the one I truly believe I know I need the most. And I learned that by taking my family on a wonderful trip, a wonderful excursion to a drive-in movie. Uh, Now, nothing could be more fun than taking your cute, innocent children to the drive-in movie. By the way, it's the same place they hold the swap meet. And um, it's uh, I pulled up, had no idea what I was in for because I hadn't gone to a drive-in movie for a long time. But by the way, on our way there, this just tells you a lot about me. Um, I had th- I thought earlier, you know, I really need to make sure we get some healthy snacks because we're going to be there for a long time. It's going to be a double feature. And uh, I have I had five boys there. My daughter didn't go. And for some weird reason, my wife opted not to go either. She she just chose. She thought that would be a better bonding experience with dad and the boys. So I thought, you know, I probably ought to get some healthy food, some healthy stuff. Um, I don't know. Carrots. I was going to get some carrots for the drive for the drive in. Anyway, I procrastinated and instead just took my kids to the drive-in, and on the way there, um, 15 minutes before the whole thing was supposed to be starting, I stopped at a 7-Eleven, as all good fathers do who love their children, and I ran in and said, hey, lock the doors, all of you stay here, and I'm going to just go get us some really healthy food, snacks for all of us at, at the Sev. And went in and couldn't find anything amazing, weird, like like they don't have good healthy food snack uh, snacks and things, but they didn't. So I just decided to buy, um, I don't know, two liter beverage bottles of drink. Uh, the ones that were on sale, of course, were the sugared ones and um, bought a lot of chips because my kids like salty things. And then um, went to the counter when where I was prompted to buy other things because they looked so good um, and bought a bunch of sugar, just like a good dad would. And got in, paid for the ticket, got our really bad seat in the back of the whole place, and got our kids on the, the roof of the car where, where the best view is. And by the time I got all the, the chairs out and everything, I was completely winded and out of breath. And um, I sat there and I thought, holy cow, what is happening to me? I am winded going to a drive-in movie. I have never been winded going to a drive-in movie before. I've never remembered doing that. And here I'm 43 years young, winded, but uh, it didn't matter because I just sat in my chair and ate potato chips and drank the beverages that I had purchased. Ah, and it felt so bad. (laughs) Then midway through the first uh, movie, I got real sleepy, don't know why, and needed to take a little nap. And I ended up sleeping through one and a half movies. So right then I thought, I'm a wreck. I'm a wreck, for heaven's sakes, and I need to get my life back. So it dawned on me, it's time to get healthy. Now, forever I've had the excuse, well, I'm trying to do school and run a business and save marriages and the radio show and raise children and all of these things. And so finally I realized I'm full of it. And I need to get on this. So we are bringing in an expert today that apparently will not take any guff. Uh, Her name is Jenny Grothy. She is a fitness expert and uh, seriously scares me. A good friend from the past. And I didn't know any of this about her. But now apparently she's she can I don't know. She can she can bite pennies in half and is tough as nails. And so. I'm excited to bring Jenny in. She's going to help us. And I don't want help. I know. I know. You know, I don't want the whole commercial buns of steel kind of abs six pack thing. What I want is I want her to give us real life ideas and tools for how to make an exercise habit work, how to make it stick, how to actually not get winded driving to a drive in for heaven's sakes. 
so pitiful. Had some friends ask me if I wanted to do a Ragnar race, and you may not be familiar with these. I don't know if they're nationwide. I know they're pretty big in the West, but a Ragnar race is a race where you get a bunch of your friends, five or six or ten friends. You drive around in a car, and then you end up um, you end up running as a team, one person at a time, and you have to cover about 100 miles. So each person on your team runs anywhere from five to ten miles, and you know, I have friends that are seemingly healthy. They don't they don't get winded doing easy things. Um, and they asked me if I wanted to do the Ragnar. And my ego said, oh, for sure. Let's do that. Because do I get a T-shirt? That's pretty much where I started. If I can get a shirt, I'd totally want to do it. And uh, then they were telling me, yeah, I gotta go explain it. Well, you know, sometimes you'll run five miles. Sometimes you'll run a leg of 10. Um, anyway, I decided not to do that because I just thought I don't want anyone to get embarrassed like my friends. When I fall to the ground crying after my first mile, I want to get healthy. I don't want my friends to laugh at me. I want to have, uh, I don't even care if I have abs of steel. I just want abs that aren't jello. And so we're bringing in the expert. She's going to be talking about it. It seems to me this, this health thing should be so easy, right? Because we all know how important our bodies are. We all know how important our, our lives are. And sometimes I realize we don't get how important they are until they're slipping away, until they're, they're really getting away from us. And so wanted to give you a little bit of um, information from one of um, – his name is Elder Russell M. Nelson. He's a leader in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and Elder is his title. Uh, he is a cardiovascular surgeon that's retired, but he, he gave a speech – um, at a at a meeting once that was just really powerful about some of the amazing things that our bodies give us. The many amazing attributes of your body attest to your own divine nature. Each organ of your body is a wondrous gift from God. Each eye has an autofocusing lens. Nerves and muscles control two eyes to make a single three-dimensional image. The eyes are connected to the brain, which records the sights seen. Your heart is an incredible pump. It has four delicate valves that control the direction of blood flow. These valves open and close more than 100,000 times a day, 36 million times a year. Yet, unless altered by disease, they are able to withstand such stress almost indefinitely. Think of the body's defense system. To protect it from harm, it perceives pain. In response to infection, it generates antibodies. The skin provides protection. It warns against injury that excessive heat or cold might cause. The body renews its own outdated cells and regulates the levels of its own vital ingredients. The body heals its cuts, bruises, and broken bones. Be we reminded that a perfect body is not required to achieve one's divine destiny. In fact, some of the sweetest spirits are housed in frail or imperfect bodies. Great spiritual strength is often developed by people with physical challenges precisely because they are so challenged. Anyone who studies the workings of the human body has surely seen God moving in His majesty and power. 
incredible, incredible blessing we have, isn't it? This thing we call the body, 100,000 times a day our valves are closing. No wonder I'm tired, right? Isn't that amazing? And yet we kind of squander it. We, we don't pay attention to it. And it doesn't matter to us till it's too late. Last night I got to go uh, visit somebody in a, an extended care facility. And at 92 years old, her knees are giving out, her hips are giving out, her wrists giving out and broken. And you know what? She's good. She feels really good about her life and what she's done and, and how she's been so healthy and feels blessed for it. Do you feel blessed for the life you've been given, for your body? Are you taking care of it the way you know you should? That's what we're talking about on the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be bringing up our fitness expert, Jenny Grothy, to give us some insights, some tools, and we're going to take back our lives. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. A new ceramic coating could have us rethinking the five-second rule. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Most people have an opinion on the so-called five-second rule, or whether food that's touched the ground is still safe to eat. Scientists have proven that just one second is enough time for food to be contaminated with bacteria, and eating it could make you seriously ill. But a new technology developed at the Dublin Institute of Technology sheds new light on one way to keep floors free from germs. The Institute's Center for Research and Engineering Surface Technology, known as CREST, worked with partners to create a surface coating that reacts to regular indoor light to kill bacteria and microorganisms. Light hitting the special coating generates free radicals, which destroy disease-causing pathogens. According to researchers, ceramic tiles treated with the light-activated antibacterial surface coating are over 99% effective at killing hospital superbug MRSA, E. coli, and the fungus that causes athlete's foot. The technology has been licensed by a company named Vitra, who is incorporating it into ceramic floor tiles. This could make medical facilities, gyms, and schools more sanitary, even if it doesn't make that old five-second rule any less disgusting. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. An artist's passion for music is born when the desire to create beauty is planted within them. Witness the stories behind the passion and performances on The Song That Changed My Life, Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU-TV. Welcome back, everybody, to the Eye of the Tiger. Oh, that used to motivate me. Seriously. Then I'd just go eat lots of junk food. Oh, those were the days. Rocky Balboa, Eye of the Tiger. Folks, we are talking about health. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. And we're trying to figure out how we get our health back, right? Eye of the Tiger is a great way to motivate us, get us running and exercising. But maybe more importantly, um, there's got to be a way that we can fit all this exercise stuff into our busy schedules and help us get, you know, a healthier life. Our very own Corinne Collins has been talking to her dad, we call him Big Tony, about how and why he had to make time in his schedule for exercise. 
When thinking of ideas for today's show on fitness and exercise, the first thing I thought of doing was talking to my dad, Big Tone. A couple of years ago, he was diagnosed with diabetes, and since then, he's become an exercise fanatic. So I thought the best thing to do was to conduct a quick interview. Here's a clip of us talking about his lifestyle changes and the 100-mile cross-country bicycle races that he does every year. How often do you exercise? Uh, six days a week. The only day I don't exercise is on a Sunday. And why do you exercise that much? Keep fit. <laughs> well, I started when, when they said my blood sugar was high. I started walking then, and then after about a month or so, I got, my, I got the bike. How long do you spend exercising a day then? An hour during the week, and then an hour either riding the bike or on the cross train every day. Are you getting progressively fitter and fitter, or have you kind of like leveled out now? Or what, I mean, what's going on body-wise and health-wise? I was a lot fitter last year, but this year um, the weather's bad. I've not been on hands on the bike so much, and I'm, I'm fit. I mean, I could still go and do it, but like, I wouldn't be as fast as I was last year. Who are you competing against? Like, how old are the people that are also riding with you? Well, I was first in my own age group, four thousand old. And so, how old was the winner? They were all younger than me, in the thirties, twenties, that kind of thing. I mean. How many people race? Hundreds. 300 and I So you beat a couple hundred people that are like half your age? Yeah. You're not supposed to be able to do that. You're an old man. I know, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> you couldn't. <laughs> and so like, obviously, you know, you started exercising because you got diabetes. You're a lot fitter now than you were, but how has it affected your blood sugar and stuff? It's never been that high, but now it's really, really low. But I let me hold now. It's kind of just 48 beats per minute. It's really, really low. You were pretty fit and healthy when you were in your 20s. Are you yeah. just as healthy now as you were then, or? Yeah, I'll get the younger people coming up to me, ask me how I keep so fit, instructors and people like that. They show me a lot of respect. I mean, I can get me 200 and something pounds. I wear the same suit that I wore when I got married. I mean, in fact, the trousers now are starting to go back around the way. You're in the shape of your life. I feel really good. I feel fit and I can go and do what I want when I want. What would you say to people that are your age that want to go out and exercise? The way I started off was walking. I started walking for about 15 minutes and built it up. Then I started walking for pills deliberately. And then once it was too easy, I started riding the bike. You started off walking and then you got progressively harder and harder and harder then? Yeah. So it's just about working your way up by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. just finding out what you can go with, but you have to keep pushing yourself. So obviously that's how you've yeah. gone from walking to being able to do 100-mile bike races across the country. And his last word on the matter was... Every little help. Welcome back, Big Tony. you got to love that guy. Um... Tons to learn and tons to tons to do. Um, sometimes we just need a little motivation, I think, and that's why we're bringing on our expert Jenny Grothy. Now, Jenny Grothy has got a great story. We're going to hear from her on this story. She's a contributing writer for Muscle and Fitness, Hers Magazine, and also writes a lot for Oxygen, which is another kind of a muscle healthy exercise type of magazine. Uh, Jenny Grothy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Being with us. I love uh, I love just the spirit. Now I knew Jenny a long time ago. Twenty couldn't have been twenty years ago. Almost twenty. I think it was about seventeen years ago that oh, we worked together. My heavens. 
See, both you, starting out. But you still look like you're that young. Um, <laughs> and I'm falling apart. But here's what I wanted to bring Jenny on because her story is a change. She's made a change. You weren't always just this spelt, perfect, abbed up, strong, muscly person like me. Not at all. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, it's kind of funny how you're talking about the, the drive-in. Uh, Greg, I've been married now going on 21 years. Two kids. Two kids. That's great. Both of them are adorable. That's and, great. And um, they keep me busy. But Greg and I have been married for about 21 years, and I was 20 when we got married and totally took everything just for granted. Yeah. Um, we were making like five bucks an hour. We ate whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. And one of our big things that we love to do is go to the um, – was go to the drive-in theater. <laughs> and so we would do just like you. We'd get our hearts mugs. We'd yeah. fill it up totally with, with cherry Coke. We'd have oh, our chips yeah. and we'd have um, – we'd get the Hostess donuts, the white ones that had yeah. the raspberry on the inside. And it was the first time for me yes. that I, I wasn't living at home. I didn't have my mom and dad tell me what to do yeah, and what to eat. Don't eat those things. Don't eat those things. You. We just ate them like there was no tomorrow. Well, yeah. And we had the, you know, we were young, 20. We had the metabolisms yeah. that could keep up with it. And we burned it off just as fast as, as we ate it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> then we get older. Then we get older. And, um, both Greg and I were working, and I was in the corporate world, as you know. Yeah. I worked for a couple of years um, at New Skin, and then moved on to Franklin Covey and worked there for a good 10 years, yeah. and that's when you and I were that's working right. together. And though that was a huge blessing in my life because I loved the corporate experience, it was also a time when I, I really took my health for, for granted. Mm-hmm. My focus was purely on just, you know, trying to climb the corporate Make ladder. A buck. And um, I wasn't working out, and I, was, I just ate whatever was convenient. I'd go for hours on end without eating. Yeah. Um, and when I did eat, it was never anything that was healthy. I think macaroni grill was the closest thing to us. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's all the healthy. Time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's macaroni. Especially the way I ate it. But, um, you know, and, and so during that time frame, in my 20s and then in my 30s, I went from – I mean, I think when we were married, I was like 118, and I, I got up to about 170 pounds, and I was wearing a size 14. Oh, wow. And for me, yeah. you know, it just it happens so gradually. Yeah. But, you know, by, by the time you get to that point, you're like, how yeah. did I get here? What happened? You know, what happened? Yeah. And I was 37. This is kind of when I had my aha moment. I was 37 looking in the mirror, and I just did not like what I saw. I was at the point where when people would take pictures, I would totally just dodge, the, yeah. you know, dodge the camera. I didn't ever want to be in the pictures. Yeah. Um, if I did see them, I'd rip them up. Um, I hung out with... With a, you know, a few girls in my neighborhood that were all just really petite, cute, size, mm. you know, zero, two, oh, four, I sizes people. I didn't even know existed, know. <laughs> so you know, yeah. and it was, it was hard. And then not only that, but my mom looking back when I was a teenager and she was 40, um, she was actually in the best shape of her life and was um, competing in lightweight bodybuilding. Oh, wow. And she was 40. And I'm thinking, here I am. I'm not even 40. I'm, you know, probably almost double what she weighed. So now you're looking <laughs> and, at your mom and feeling and like, And just thinking, uh... what have I done? And, um, you know, many times leading up to that, as I'm sure a lot of women can relate to, I had done so many different fad diets. I'd done, you know, um, Jenny Craig, yeah. Weight Watchers. Uh, we had done Body for Life. We tried Atkins. And this is when I say we, it was both Greg and I. We'd done a number of different things, but nothing ever stuck because yeah. it was very, we had our eyes were always on a goal and we'd kind of get there or we wouldn't get there. There, there was just too many restrictions right. that we were just like, you know what? Forget it. And uh, we'd give up. Yeah. And something and then again. you'd have to go to the drive-in. Yeah, then you'd go to the drive-in. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. That's what you do. But um, when I was 37 and I had that aha moment, I was just like, I'm done. 
I'm done. It just, it was a breaking point. Mm. I was, and I, it's hard to explain because a lot of people, you know, they ask me, what was it for you that made the difference? And it was just, I was done. I, I, I did not want to go. You. It was inside me. I did not want to go back. Giving up to me was no longer an option. And I would do whatever it took in order to get my back, my life back on track so I could be healthier and happier. And especially, you know, we had these young children at home and, you know, we were already older when mm-hmm. we, when we adopted our two kids, I wanted to be young with them rather than aging even faster than I should have been. So and getting winded on something silly. Yeah. It's it's just it's interesting because you what you when you share that story, it feels you're just so like disappointed in yourself, aren't you? You just get to a point where you're just so sick. Like sick of it, like disgusted with yourself. Yep, and it's it's just funny. Like, you know, I would try to find happiness in, in things that normally wouldn't make me happy. Like, you know, I would I would try to, you know, different makeup or yeah. whatever, or do Your my hair, hair different, different ways, right. and because I didn't like what was below my face, right. and really, and that sounds really crazy, but women in particular, we take such um, priority in how we look. I mean, how we are and our self esteem yeah. is so much based on how we feel, right. and if we don't feel good about ourselves, it's just, you know, it it. You know, people can see that and they can feel it and they can sense it. Mm-hmm. So, and once you get on, you know, the right track and you start feeling better, I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing how that escalates. Well, it's also interesting because you've tried it all. You had tried every fattish oh, yeah. diet and it's, they just, they, I mean, I, I guess the parts of them work. Absolutely. But there's something else that has to be there. Yep. And somehow you found that in basically getting down to the bottom. Yep. Yeah. You just needed to hit, I guess, emotionally the bottom. Is that yeah. what happened? Yeah. Yeah. And just worth. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I just, my worth was like non existent. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I had to get to that low. And, and I don't want to diss any of those, right. no. those diets I mean, they're all because just they're waste. awesome yeah. and they, they certainly do work for a lot of people, yeah. men and women, right. you know. But for me, I had to completely change my way of thinking. I had to completely change my approach on how I was going to get healthy. And it wasn't basing it on what somebody else was telling me to do. It was more just, you know, really analyzing my own habits yeah. and, and making those differences. So it's almost like you just needed, I mean, that's the funny thing about this is there's a thousand ways to get to healthy. Yep. There's only really probably so many principles mm-hmm. to get there. And um, not everyone's way will work. And yet we're getting marketed to by all of these things. And so in a way, I almost think that that induces more stress and anxiety mm-hmm. about this because we also think it should be fast. We also think, yep. I guess, to some degree, we think it should be easy. I don't. I don't know where that's written, but I know I think that. I mean, if, yeah. if it was supposed to be healthy, it should be easier. Like uh, drinking water. You should just drink a lot of water. Well, so I've been doing that. And now I'm not to be too much information, but now <laughs> I'm just in the restroom all the time. So I'm thinking, what in the world is that about? Yep. Okay, so I'm healthy, but I'm always gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting somewhere or I'm going. So at some point, how do you know where to begin? Where do you begin? Where did you begin? Yeah. With me, what's funny is, honestly, um, I I've, I didn't even talk to Greg about it because I had signed up for, you know, multiple gyms before yeah. and never went. And so, like, I knew if I asked permission, it's, yeah, he's like, he was like, no, because, yeah. you know, every time yeah. you've done this, you've never followed through. But this time, again, like I said, I had that aha moment and I knew that I had made a decision. And so the first thing I did is I went down and I signed up for the gym and I went. And it sounds so simple, but yeah. um, I had a girlfriend that I was going, well, we were supposed to be going with, and it was kind of, she was kind of my crutch and I was hers. Mm-hmm. Um, I kid you not, not two weeks into it, and she bowed out.
got out. Jeez, and it was my first. Loser. It was my, no, she's a good person. Yes, she is. But it was my first crossroads because yeah. in the past when that would have happened, I would have been like, okay, well, well now I'm out. I tried. I tried. You know, this yeah. didn't work either. And um, it was just, it was making a decision to do something. And that was my first something. And um, getting to the gym. And it was as soon as I, you know, got my son off to school, I went to the gym. And, you know, there were days I was there for 45 minutes. And there were days, honestly, I was there for, you know, two and a half hours. And I know that not everybody has that, but I right. did at that point. Right, yeah. And it worked. But there are simpler, you know, easier ways that you can start out for sure. But it was something that worked for me. Did you know and what to do at the gym? No, no. As a matter of fact, I totally, I didn't even go near any of the equipment. I mean, I kind of had an idea. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. um, I'd seen my mom do it, and yeah. I'd done little things, but I didn't. I, you know, I, I felt like I was way too big, and I didn't want to go out and make a fool of myself. Oh yeah, and everyone's so looking. I kind of just analyzed everybody from the cardio equipment, and you know, that's where I would, you know, ride the bike or yeah, whatever, and I would just, zone. I would just watch people to see what they were doing, and just kind of take it all in. Meanwhile, um, probably the first twenty pounds that I dropped was purely by doing cardio. It really was just doing. Um, jogging and walking a lot of walking i was yeah. so not a runner oh, and um I, now you I'll, are right, yeah Mark. i am i am now yeah um but you know i wasn't and i would i would i really would just i would time myself i'd be like okay i'm gonna run not really run i'd jog for like yeah. a minute walk a minute and run then, a minute walk yeah, a minute run yeah. a minute. and sometimes i'd walk two minutes or three minutes That's in between it. you know because i was dying yeah. Yeah. i was dying just gasping for air but you know those little intervals became longer and longer yeah. and longer and um before i knew it i could go a little bit you know a little bit Oh, Jenny Grothy. And now look at you. (laughs) You've got, you're just, but you're healthy and you're fit and you've got all these Ragnar and Marathon stickers on your car. So it's not bad. (laughs) It's a good sign. I know I should have been the one that called you on to be my Ragnar team. I know. Yeah. Don't you dare. Um, It's, uh, we're with Jenny Grothy, um, who's a fitness expert. You can see her at jen-fit.com. And she's she's just got great information, and soon she'll be giving you some ideas when we come back from this break. What to do? And we're gonna. I want to go down a huge list of just a bunch of do's, a bunch of don'ts, because I think we overcomplicate it, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll just hammer out a bunch of do's, don'ts, and then maybe some diet ideas. I know you've okay. got a really cool diet program that might help a lot of us. So we'll do that. We will come back with more exercise and uh, fitness information. From Jenny Grothy, fitness expert, you're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Seven thousand high school students drop out every school day. If you stack their desks one atop the other, it's a pile more than 17,000 feet high. That's 12 Empire State Buildings. But what's truly scary is that another stack is going up tomorrow. We can keep students in school. Visit BoostUp.org and take the first step. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Music from BYU to around the world on the Tantera Hour. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. President Barack Obama is countering criticism from Mitt Romney and special interest groups on immigration reform. 
The president's taken heat from Hispanic leaders for not delivering the overhaul he promised. Enough heat that Romney told a conference in Florida when he makes a vow he'll keep it. Well, he has promised to veto the DREAM Act. And we should take him at his word. The much narrower DREAM Act offers some illegals brought to America as children a path to citizenship, but is stalled in Congress. Last week, Obama acted to stop deportations in that group, and though Romney criticized it as political, Obama said he just couldn't keep looking deserving young people in the eye and telling them tough luck. Mark Smith at the White House. While the country waits to hear the Supreme Court's decision on Obamacare, the few people who already know aren't giving any hints. The Supreme Court justices, of course, already know the outcome because they officially voted on the results the same week that they heard arguments. And their clerks know, and an assortment of secretaries, aides, security guards, janitors, support staff, and family members also probably know. But so far, nobody is talking, and that's the way the court wants it. After all, this is the kind of information that could move markets, turn economies, and greatly affect this fall's national elections. Shirley Smith, Washington. The new president in Egypt is getting straight to work trying to bring the country's starkly divided political factions together. The Muslim Brotherhood's Mohamed Morsi is putting together his governing team, but Egypt's military is likely to be in charge for a while. Morsi's aides say the transition will take time. There's speculation the Brotherhood is working out a power-sharing deal with the military. Egypt's first Islamist president faces huge challenges. The dour, dry operative has to convince the young liberals and minority Christians that he means it when he says he will be the president of all. Many still fear an attempt to impose a strict Islamic regime. Mark Levy, Cairo. One of the towers at the World Trade Center site in New York has been topped amid celebrations and remembrance. Four World Trade Center topped out on a thundershowery morning. Today, the sun is shining on downtown Manhattan. Speaker Sheldon Silver represents Lower Manhattan in the state assembly. Four World Trade will be the first tower to actually open on the site late next year, well ahead of the taller and better known One World Trade. Dignitaries, political leaders, and more than 100 construction workers signed their names on the final steel beam before it was hoisted into place as gospel star B.B. Winans sang God Bless America. Warren Levinson, New York. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Just enjoy this music for a minute. Just imagine while you're listening to this, me putting the chairs back on the top of my Suburban at the drive-in movie. Shaking off the blanket with all the popcorn, uh, candy bars. So, welcome back. We are uh, we're trying to figure out how you create a habit, a long term habit of of health. We all know we need to do better. It's just so hard, and uh, it's kind of like the fact that you've heard about it, and you go and you listen to the radio, and you have this sensory overload, right, where you hear so many different diets and supplements and weight loss plans and exercise plans, and everybody's vying for your attention and your dollar. One of our producers, Bryce Tobin, has the facts for us and makes it all a little simpler. Why are we so out of shape? Because it's hard to be in shape, that's why. The deck is stacked against us. It is some cruel irony that the most delicious foods are generally awful for you. But that's not all. The older you get, and the more you eat, the more your stomach stretches and can fit more bad food in you. And working out isn't fun. It takes experience, discipline, skill. I have none of these. Not to mention, it's painful. 
and then you hurt for a while afterwards. And as you get older, this time period increases. Along with this, why do joints insist on hurting? They are necessary for our movement and therefore my activity and exercise. And gyms can be difficult to deal with sometimes. Also, nobody wants to put up with the obnoxious and unnecessary helpful workout tip guy. Ever. Most importantly, it takes time. Nobody wants to waste their time. I can always make more money, but I can't make more time. And I see an epidemic of short time frame fitness scams that play into this need to effectively use our very limited time. So I have set aside this time to demolish some of these myths. To do this, I'm going to refer to the laws of thermodynamics. Specifically, that everything in the universe is in a constant state of decay, just like my joints. And that energy cannot be created or destroyed. In other words, you can't get something from nothing. Ever. And you better hurry up and get down to business because things aren't getting any better. I love the videos and workout routines, the eight-minute abs or buns or sternocleidomastoids. That's a neck muscle. It's real. Look it up. Look, some form of exercise is certainly better than nothing, but eight minutes won't get you into good shape, even if you do it once a day, every day of the week. Sorry, I know that's a real downer. Or there's supplements. Specifically, I'm going to talk about an old one called ephedra. This medical supplement put your body in a high level of activity. The idea being, if I don't have time to work out, why not make my body act like it's redlining at 9 RPMs and burn extra calories throughout the day? By all means, this adds up. But there's a catch, of course. Welcome to the planet Earth. Ephedra, and there's always something else like it, so please don't fall for this. While capable of providing moderate weight loss, it would also cause heart attacks and kill people. Good news, though, it was banned 10 years ago. Another favorite one I hear, protein can't become fat. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. This is completely and utterly false. If your body can use something as energy, it can store it as energy for later use. Another one I hear a lot, and this is technically true, the body can only absorb so many calories in a day. But it's not the way we mean or hope it to be. We really want our body to only be able to take in a reasonable number of calories. But the human body is designed to survive, and we carry with us the genetic material of people who did not know when their next meal would be, so they prepared accordingly. But how can we achieve this point of taking in so much that it's not being absorbed by the body? It's simple, really. If the inputting of food is outputting just as much, you've made it. I'll let you do the math on that one. But let me be clear. That is a tremendous amount of food and not safe in any way. Let's get real here. Nothing that's easy is ever worth doing. It's easy to sit around and eat delectable food. But unfortunately, that story does not end well. So then what's the secret to staying in shape? Move more, eat less. Try to increase this gap as much as you can until you get to a good place. And then just even it out. Or like the song said in the beginning, just go for it. Our own Bryce Tobin, getting real with his in his unique rantful way. Uh, love Bryce, love that insight. And again, yeah, I mean, it's it seems like it should just be that easy, but it's not always that easy. We brought on Jenny Grothy, fitness expert. Actually, you know what? You're just a regular Joe mm-hmm. getting healthy. Yep. Like way healthy. But uh, two children, marriage 21 years, you know, it deals with the realities of life. She's not unrealistic. This stuff's hard. But we brought her in to give us some ideas, some tools to, to really get healthy. So, Jen, again, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Okay, give me some ideas, some tools. What are the do's and the don'ts? If we had to just start busting through a lot of rules, what do you follow? So if you're out there, if you're driving truck and you're sitting there thinking, okay, I, I can go get uh, I can go get some beef jerky right now and and some a diet coke or whatever you normally do. Jen's going to give you some ideas, simple tools, simple rules. We all have time. Let's get going. Okay. Well, first of all, um, if I were like in that situation or just anywhere, any situation, yeah, yeah. 
Um, my my best thinking is to, to think ahead um, because I, you know, I travel quite a bit and I know I'm going to be on the road and I know I'm going to be around unhealthy food. And yeah. so the best thing for me is to think think ahead and say, okay, what can you, what am I going to be faced with? Right. And then plan accordingly. And whether that means, you know, you know that you're only going to be able to hit some of like the 7-Elevens or whatever that's, at, that's out there, maybe, you know, take some things with you. Yeah. So, you know, again, you were talking about having water. I mean, you know, water is definitely probably the best option, but there's also, you know, there's some flavored waters. Right. Um, even if you did like Propel um, or something, you know, along the lines like that. Um, and then, you know, you take, you can take fruits and nuts and you can take some, you know, healthy, um, you know, bars with you. Just take stuff so that you have it with you right. so that you're not faced with, and actually, and jerky's not really that yeah, bad it's anyway. That's it's good. actually a good thing. Well, unless you but there's so many other keg. things that, right. <laughs> you know, that they have right there at the counter uh, and the convenience stores. Are the nachos are bad that are smothered in that nacho I've sauce? I've had many nachos over the years, as Greg can attest yeah. to, um, but they're probably not the healthiest. What if thing. you put the peppers on them? Yeah, if you put the peppers on, it's probably still not uh, so healthy. Darn it. <laughs> but okay. it's just it's just a matter of planning and just thinking about what situation you're going to be in. Right. Um, you know, and again, too, like, you know, oftentimes we'll go out to dinner with friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like to just do my research. You know, I still like to have fun and I still like to have things that are going to be extremely flavorful and yummy. But I want to have something that might be on the lighter side. And so right. if I do my research first and I'm prepared, I'm better equipped to make that decision. What, what would you tell somebody that says, you know what, this is all great, but like even planning ahead, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time for this. That's where tough love comes in because yeah. to me, because I was one of those people too, if it's important to you, you will make time. And right. that's just the reality. Nobody is going to give you more time. I don't have any more time than you do. Right. Um, the reality is I have my own business. I have my own home. I'm active in my church. I have yeah. several different callings. I have. I live a very full life. I have a very full plate, but I. you have to find... Whatever you have to prioritize, whatever is important to you, you will find a way to get it done. And it might just be little tiny steps at first mm-hmm. that become habits over time, and then you might find more time with that. But it's just it's just allocating it. If well, and if a you, lot of this doesn't even take much time. No, not does. at all. I mean, like I get the exercising. Okay, you got to go do your forty-five minutes of cardiovascular, whatever that is. You that takes time, but. Not really. Yeah. I mean, you're you're getting in and out of a car. You're get you're parking anyway. You're doing you're doing stuff that you can count as exercise, right? Most definitely, and and you can even get creative with it. And you you know, forty five minutes on one block that might sound like a lot. So maybe it's twenty minutes a couple times a day. Maybe yeah. it's a twenty minute walk. You know, during your lunch break. Maybe it's when you get home. You take twenty minutes and you're you know throwing the ball or kicking the ball with your kids. I mean, you can get totally creative. Go for a walk. Do yeah. something that's just it gets you know you're just looking to. Get Get your heart rate up steadily for you know about twenty minutes, and that just kind of carries through the rest of the day. So you know you don't have to do you don't have to do the gym. You don't have right. to do things that p- people think of typically as exercising. Just do something that fits your schedule that might get you the most bang for the buck. Tell me about this um, idea. I think this is such a cool idea about a vision board mm-hmm. because some would not think that that's critical. Like a lot of people think, what they need to they need to get a gym membership. Mm-hmm. That that's the best motivator is a gym membership, um, but you say a vision board's up there. Yep, for me a vision board's really important. It encompasses things like you know maybe women whose um, bodies I admire. You know the same would apply for men. Yeah. Um, but also you know maybe quotes that have really inspired me, stories, um, things that you know that I can relate to that touch me that mm-hmm. say you know what you don't want to go for that piece of whatever yeah. that piece of cake or you know whatever it might be that we have or chips you know definitely in the house with my kids. 
kids, you don't want to go for that. And I have these constant visuals around my house, um, especially when I was first losing weight, when I was first trying to create this new lifestyle, because it was completely foreign to me, completely. Even, you know, what else made it on my vision board were even pictures of me when I was younger, because I was like, man, I would love to get back to that person again. How can I get there? And so just having them, you know, in places um, like on your fridge, inside your fridge, in the pantry, up in the bathroom, you know, in your bedroom, um, in the car, in your work cubicle. And they, it doesn't have to be anything big, but just something as a little gentle reminder saying, you know what, what you are doing is worth it. Stick to it. What I mean, do you like what about a scale? See, to me, a scale is incredibly depressing. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do, you go, do you weigh yourself in a certain way at a certain time? I mean, do you have rules about that? How do I you, have mixed it seems feelings like, on scales because yeah. they can be used for good and for bad. Right. I would say for somebody... I would say for somebody who's first starting out, I would say totally just ditch the scale. I really would. Really go by how you are feeling. Do you feel like when you wake up in the morning that you have more energy to get things done? If you're putting on, you know, those favorite pair of jeans that were too, you know, too tight a month ago, how are they feeling now? How do you, you know, does your face look different when you're looking in the mirror? I mean, those are things. Are are you starting to get compliments from people that maybe didn't even notice you before? I mean, because that happened to me when I first started. I mean, and those things pay off way more than the oh, scale sure. ever did. The scale can be such, it can lead you the, the wrong way for sure. Because if you're carrying water or something else is going, is a little bit off, it's yeah. going to totally make the scale numbers fluctuate. Don't ever use it as a rule. Well, and I don't know that you can trust a scale because no. my doctor's scale is always wrong. Oh, yeah. E- even when I, it's going my way, yeah. <laughs> it just still can't be right. And so um, I, I just had an experience where I thought for sure I was losing weight. Like, yeah. I mean, my ring was even fitting my finger and moving. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I go in there and he's like, no, nice try. Yep. So um, it's it's really – this is more mental, isn't it? It's more psychological, this losing weight thing. It's, it is a lot psychological. I mean, and again, you know, back to the scale, it's, it can be – there's so many variables that you mm-hmm. can't control them all. So that's why I say try not to use it. Use other indicators. Yeah, and, and there's so many. And then to me it seems like a brilliant idea to be looking for these other indicators. Mm-hmm. Be looking for how your pants fit. Be looking Absolutely. for how you feel. Yep. Be looking for what people are saying. Yep. Be looking for what your spouse is saying. Because, I mean, all of a sudden, boom, something's going on. And the vision board, you're just saying get these pictures in front of you so you have some – Kind of reminder. Yeah, some mental images. What else? What else would you suggest we watch out for? This, I mean, I guess one thing is gym. We always think gym, mm-hmm. right? That's, but there's yep. more to life and working out than gyms, right? Mm-hmm. Like what? What are some other ways to get healthier without a gym? Well, you know, and just speaking from personal experience, one of the things that really helped me, I told you when I was at the gym, um, when I was, you know, just doing these short little bursts of exercise, you know, on the on the treadmill. And I took that outside and I was scared to death at first to try jogging outside because the treadmill was comfortable. So safe, yeah. It was safe. TV. It such a, yeah. yeah, it was totally right. safe. And I took it outside and I was scared. And uh one of the first things I did, even though I was completely not prepared for it, I signed up for a 5K. I was one of, and it was my first one was actually that. near, um, it was near BYU, uh-huh. and uh, I was there with probably 318 year olds, but, <laughs> and I was one of the slowest ones. But it was okay. Like oh, I it, love it that. gave me a goal, uh-huh. and I think that having a goal and something to work towards, you don't have to be yeah. the best in order right. to do it. You just have to be better than you are today. That's right. So having a goal, sticking to it, and then just going for it. And for me, it was. 
is signing up for a race. And it obligated you. So you've paid oh, yeah. your fee. You're getting your T-shirt. But you're in. You know the date. Yep. You know the timeline. You have a deadline. You're in. I, I think obligated. That's one thing I found, too, is telling people what I'm doing. Yeah. So when I tell people, you eventually, yep. you didn't want to start that way. But once you were into it, they, they notice. You start telling them. And now they're actually looking for it. They're enhancing it. They may be telling you how great you are. Absolutely. That doesn't yep. hurt. Tell me about um, a couple of other things. How do you not get down when you blow it? So let's just say you just you just hit away a few Twinkies. Yep. And you had to, you just snuck them in. How do you how do you not let that just take you all the way? I off? think it's probably one of the hardest things because it happens to everybody. Yeah, totally. It doesn't matter who it is. You could be you know totally clean and and doing what you want for you know five six weeks and then have a bad day and blow it. Um, and you're going to feel down. But the thing is, is as soon as you, you let yourself feel that way for, um, you're, you're more easily to get off track. You mm-hmm. just need to say, you know what? Chalk it up for what it's worth. Yeah. I did it. I got it out of my system. Yeah. I'm feeling better. Tomorrow is a new day and I'm going to start fresh. And the, the reality is those few donuts or the Twinkies or whatever it was, they're, they probably didn't do anything right, to you. Right. It was just all mental. You just well, got to get back on. This is a lifelong thing, right? Absolutely. This isn't a – And it's not about depriving yourself no. either. You have to have those things. That's right. Like for me personally, I make sure I have something – you know, tomorrow night I'm planning on having Cold Stone for my 11-year-old's birthday. Ice cream. And I'm going to have a big one. You yes. know, I want to go and just enjoy myself. You don't ever want to deprive yourself for too long a period of time because then that's one of the surest ways that you'll fail but too. Look at that. You actually know – what you're going to have tomorrow. Absolutely. So that's the difference. I have no idea what I had 20 <laughs> minutes ago. It's back to that planning thing, Matt. <laughs> that's, darn it. That's the hardest part. Tell us just one more, a couple more things about diets. And because I know that's a big thing of what you're doing. What are some, just some quick things? we got about 30 seconds about diets. You bet. Um, I would just say the biggest thing is making sure that you eat first thing when you wake up and then having um, having meals every you know two to three hours throughout the day. Just That's little key. Meals. Yeah. It's something actually that you might not even be hungry yet, but it helps reset your metabolism. And just as long as there's you know, small, balanced carbs, proteins, and um, healthy fats, yeah. um, it's just going to help rev that metabolism so that you will have the energy that you need to su- sustain throughout the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, and that actually helps you lose weight as well. I love that because you're telling me to eat, yeah, which is we a all good thing. Eat. It's a very good thing. Jen, where can they find more information out about you, about your diet programs? You bet. A couple of different things. I work with a lot of women on their nutrition plans um, through genfit.com, and it's gen-fit.com. Um, but I'm also on Facebook, as yes, everybody everyone is these days. Is. And my, um, my page is actually called Recipes for Gals in Figure and Bodybuilding. And there you'll find you know 60,000 women who are there for various reasons, just trying to live healthy and find inspiration. And I really try to foster a very positive, uplifting um, community. Love it. Um, where we just we we don't want we don't have any negative people on there, so it's it's, it's good to be. It's the last thing we need. <laughs> That's right, Jenny Growth. We appreciate you being here. We'll have you back to pick your brain on more fitness issues. That sounds good. You're the best, Jenny Growthy. Uh, go to Jen-Fit.com, and we'll be back after this break with more ideas, more insights into taking back your health. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. rover that eats and runs using bacteria power. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Imagine a tiny rover that doesn't use batteries or even solar cells for power, but one that lives off the land. Such a probe could run almost indefinitely 
powered by a bacteriological fuel cell, and one is under development by the Naval Research Laboratory in cooperation with the NASA Innovative Advanced Concepts Program. NIAC is an effort of the NASA Chief Technologist's Office to find breakthrough concepts for the future of space exploration. The fuel cell project will try to get its electricity from the breakdown of sugars as bacteria consumes them. In theory, it could generate more power than lithium batteries of today, but it has to build up that power over time, operating in small bursts of energy. Locomotion for such power would be more like hopping than rolling. The experimental research will develop the circuitry and systems that could make future bacteria-powered micro-rovers run with incredible range. NASA is interested in adapting the technology for future planetary probes that could feed off local materials and never run out of fuel. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Prepare for this year's football campaign by joining our full day of coverage live from Media Day 2012. It all starts at noon Eastern with the State of the Program Address. Join Coach Mendenhall and BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo as they review last year's achievements while looking forward to future success. Then stick around for four hours of live coverage featuring discussion hosted by Greg Rubel and interviews with BYU players both past and present. Don't miss coverage of BYU Football Media Day 2012, June 27th at 12 p.m. Eastern, here on the home of Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. He's going the distance. My producers are all dancing in the producer booth, uh, getting more exercise than they've had for weeks. And uh, tons of fun show. I hope you're learning. I mean, I guess in the end, this is all pretty basic, right? It's not like we're inventing the world here. It was interesting listening to Jenny to hear what really a psychological journey it is. I mean, what happens to us the day that we no longer feel good about ourselves so much so that we would avoid a picture, And some of you know this feeling or that we just don't want to be – we don't want to go to that swimming party or we don't want to have any more – you know, we don't want to go be compared to our brothers or sisters or brothers-in-law, things like that. So it's a big deal and and I think it just slowly starts to take take its toll on us until eventually, you know what, we just drown ourselves in our pain and our foods and our favorites. So – We want to help you with that. This can be a very therapeutic thing. There's a lot of therapeutic value to exercise. Not only does it make us feel better, but it is a scientific fact that exercise does indeed make you feel better. Peter Mandler of Wasatch Therapeutic Exercise provides opportunities for children and adults with special needs to strap on some skis and experience the freedom of Utah's mountains. Hi, I'm Peter Mandler, and I have been running the program here at Snowbird since 1977. I've been teaching skiing here since December of 1972, and I'm 63 years old. Wasatch Sports is a therapeutic recreational program for children, adults, and veterans with special needs. 
So we tie in with the hospitals and we work with the physicians to provide a therapeutic recreational sports activity where someone can come up and, and if they need to work certain muscles or, or just get out and clear their mind up here at Snowbird, we, we provide them with that. <laughs> Funny, huh? Some of the kids that are eight, seven, eight years old have had 20, 25, 30 surgeries, already major surgeries. And it's just, you know, I can't recall. I've, I've had maybe one surgery to take my tonsils out. <laughs> That's a hit. Well, we have adaptive devices for anybody, so anybody can go out there and experience the wind in their hair and their faces or skiing down the hill. It turns them around a little bit. This is something definitely to look forward to. We try to create experience where they can relax. Some of the veterans that say, you know, I'm not going to get in the vehicle. I'm never going to drive again. But, but you know what? I've changed my mind. I'm, I'll drive up to Snowbird and I'll go skiing and, and I'll drive back. But that's it. It's been a long time since I've been here. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, and they just and they just open up to you. That is uh, so interesting, and and to see the healing that goes on with just a little exercise, strap some skis on somebody uh, that might be disabled, that might be um, hurting in some other way, and their their life comes, you know, comes out, and their true nature and who they are starts to appear. So powerful stuff. Um, and again, I don't want to sit here and induce guilt. I think we, I think that's probably the worst place on earth or worst way on earth that you could ever try to gain and start a long-term health fitness program. But I would suggest you start to think about how great you've got it. Um, we do have these wonderful bodies. We learned about in the first break how, how, how powerful they are and how helpful they can be. We also have, you know, some promptings that we receive of things we need to do better. And so as you've been listening to the show, can you think of one thing that you know you need to do better? One thing, is it just that we can help? Is it how you eat? Is it some exercise? Is it just being more active? Is it starting to do more? Is it taking your vitamins? What is the one thing right now that you know if you did it consistently and you did it well would dramatically impact your life? One of my favorite um, lessons or stories uh, about fitness is this idea called sharpening the saw, which happened happened to be one of the seven habits of Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in it, he just teaches that, you know what, we could spend all day trying to just keep using our saw until it's dull. And once our saw is dull, we then have to just work longer, work harder, and keep doing all of these things just to stay afloat. Or we can take some time out of our lives and out of our schedules and start to sharpen the saw and spend some energy making ourselves better physically, socially, emotionally, mentally, financially. Those are all ways to be healthy. And once we sharpen the saw, it makes a lot lighter work. Sharp tools make for light work is the rule. I remember learning that on this old house on PBS. Sharper tools, I know they take some time. But it does make for an easier life, a lot easier um, way to also be able to improve yourself and impact the lives of others. We're all in this together, right? And uh, if I'm wearing down, I'm not going to be able to offer my gifts and talents to the world. And if you're wearing down, then I'm not going to be able to hear the music that only you can play.
I'm not going to be able to get your contribution into my life. So remember that. Let's try to do a little better, to be a little healthier. And I challenge you right now, what's the one thing you need to go do? And I challenge you to go get it done. Thanks for listening, everybody. Again, we're on every day of the week, 5 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And again, at 6 a.m., we're replayed every morning. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. 8 a.m., sorry, Eastern Time. We'd love to hear and have you listen in to us. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation with the Brigham Young University Division of Continuing Education. Of all the world's many paradoxes, of all the unfathomable contradictions, nine of the most famous belong to a Greek philosopher by the very cool name of Zeno. And of his nine paradoxes, here's one of the very best. It's referred to as the paradox of the arrow in flight, and it goes pretty much like this. Suppose an archer shoots an arrow, which is not yet much of a contradiction because